0: This morning, 6 o'clock, I'm off to work, and uh, where's my keys, where's my keys, where's my keys? Uh, Can't find my keys. Maybe they're in the car. I go look in the car, hallelujah, they're in the car, but the car is locked. So anyway, oh, no. So anyway, I uh, uh, walk around, they're actually in the passenger seat. Don't really know how they got there, but they are. And so anyway, praise God, I've got a crack open in my window about just this high, you know. Oh, thank goodness. I go in, try to find maybe the only wire hanger we have in the house, you know. So you just has some dry cleaning that came home. And so anyway, I get out there, and I'm trying to get, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I get it. I get the keys. And I pull them up, oh, so slow, you know. And I can't really see anything because it's dark 30. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. And so I'm holding my phone and then trying to get this up, and it gets all the way up to the crack, and I reach in to grab it, and it goes, kerchunk <laughs> in between the seat and the door. I can't even see him now. Then you have to make the long walk of shame to tell your wife you she has to take you to work this morning. You know, she's not due to be up for a couple of hours. So anyway, uh, I have never... Had some. You know, every time I have an opportunity to teach, you know, God will always put your feet to the fire. He'll say, "Well, that was a good talk, Greg," but now let's see if you can walk it. You know, happens every time. Any time I preach about anything, he always tests me on the very thing that I had the opportunity to share, and that's good. That's a good thing. But this is the first time I've had so much trouble before I've even had to preach it, and it has to do exactly with what I'm talking about this evening. That is crazy. So I'm really expecting good things tonight, if just for me. So anyway, it's really cool. It's an unusual situation. All right, magic man, show me that scripture. Oh, (laughs) there it is. All right. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Isn't that interesting? He makes a distinction between the two. Believe in my dad, but Jesus says, believe in me too. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's where I am. There you may be also. And where you go, you know, and just as important, the way. You know, you know, the part I love the most, he says, uh, uh, in my father's house are many mansions. That means he says, and if it wasn't so, I would have told you, I've got one for you. I've got one for you. He's got one for all of us. And it's talking about the same thing when it says, I prepared a place for you, a very special place for you. But what's so cool about it is I don't think it has to stay in just one realm, just like God. It doesn't have to stay in one place. Remember what Jesus says? On earth as it is in heaven. I hope you have really cool cribs up in heaven. I hope they're just amazing, beautiful, and I hope you'll invite me over at least once. Once is usually enough, you know. You'll usually, you know, Greg, it was so nice to have you, you know, and then change your phone number. But uh, I love this scripture. I pray this scripture. And I was praying it this morning, you know. I was just really... um, Let not your heart be troubled. Oop, technology. Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus says. But in Matthew 18, 7, he says, offenses must come. Why? I mean, like, really, why? Is that a thing? Troubles have to come? I mean, the Bible really does address that a whole lot, but think of it about this way. Firemen fight fires. Policemen fight crimes. Christians fight darkness. You know, a lot of times when we get into these messes, when we have some trouble, we think, oh, my. But maybe the Holy Spirit's just smoking them up, you know, smoking them out so Jesus can turn our messes into masterpieces to turn them into our next miracle. Maybe that's the way we dispel darkness. That's the way we dispel evil. Bring it on. Jesus can take care of this. He's right here. He's in that heart right there. And it refuses to be troubled because of the piddly little car issues, car key issues. And I don't want to, I don't want to diminish any of our trouble. All of us have it. And sometimes it's very serious. Sometimes it's life-threatening. And I don't, want it to, you know, I don't want to make light of that. But Jesus, our heavenly Father, he gave us a place to go. Not just for, heavenly, for our heavenly home, but so we can face trouble here on earth. Okay. Trouble is going to come for you whether you're looking for it or not. They'll find you at work, at school, at play, even at church. You just can't allow your heart to surrender to it. You cannot allow your heart to surrender to it. When darkness comes, believers fight it with light, the truth, the word of God. And when darkness is dispelled, our Father, which is in heaven, is glorified. People, even troublemakers... Set free, we have a light inside of us. From the very first time, I said, I do, I want Jesus as part of my life. And I've been in the church my entire life. I've my parents, you know, I'm sure I was in the nursery every time we moved anywhere. She was always the church secretary at First Baptist Church and wherever. You know, how does she get the same job wherever we moved to? And you know what that means? You have to be in church every single time church doors are open, and sometimes when they're not. So I thank God for my parents and dragging their uh, kid to church, you know. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, it takes peace to have confidence. It takes peace to have boldness. It takes peace Uh, Peace means, uh, in the Hebrew picture language, to destroy the authority that's establishing chaos. And you know which letter talks about what really establishes the chaos? What's the establishment part? This right here. Your tongue or somebody else's tongue. When we list the lies, the devil is a liar. And unfortunately, we'll believe it. Our friends will believe it. Our family believe it but there's something about this place. There's something special about how God set up because he's got set something up to where there's a process for peace. There's a process where we can protect our heart and it will never accept trouble again. It's not that we deny trouble. That's not the right thing to do. But we get into that place with Jesus we get into that place with our heavenly Father. We get into that place with the Holy Spirit, and the devil is shaking in his boots. And all the, you know, I'm not one of those people. Matter of fact, I can't even realize I said that. I don't even talk about the devil that much. He's not my problem. This is my problem. This is my problem. My heart becomes weak because we all have troubles, and sometimes you just get a little punch drunk. You know, you're dodging, you're weaving, you're trying to do everything you can. You're praying. Man, for some reason, I never get nervous about speaking. I consider it a huge honor until about five minutes before. About five minutes before, then I start looking for the exits. But I, never, but I woke up so nervous this morning. I'm like, great, what is wrong with you, you know? And I was praying, I was praying. And then you know what healed me, what saved my nerves, is watching that key go kerplunk. I just, I really did, I started to laugh. The, verse, the very first thing I said is, or the very first thought that came to mind, well, that'll preach, you know? There's something good's going to come out of that, you know? It's actually not my first thought, but I can't really share with you my first thought. Um, <laughs> Dennis, you believe in God. Have you always felt like, like what I used to feel like? Is that believing meant trying harder? I believe. I believe, you know? And Paul says it doesn't have anything to do with about trying hard. Oh, did I bring this up here? You know what believing really is? Uh, it's, it's the word I'm on. Um, close your eyes for just a second, if you will. Humor me. You wake up, and you're not really sure if it's a dream or whether it's for real, but you're in a boat in the middle of a huge body of water. Matter of fact, it's so huge that you can't see any banks anywhere. Anywhere. What do you feel? Okay, open your eyes. How many of you felt, you think if that really did happen to you, if you woke up and you found yourself, you know, maybe one of your buddies played a prank on you or something, but you saw a body of water so huge that you can't see a bank any which direction, how many of you think you might be a little bit concerned, a little bit fearful? That's what Amman is. And depending on how you look on it depends upon how you're going to feel about it. Because see what it is, it's a huge, it's what, it's this huge body of water that God has provided to you to bless you. It's like an ocean of love, an ocean of protection. And actually the N at the end of of Amman means life, not just any kind of life, uh, had an incredible life. Matter of fact, the picture is a fish breaching out of the waters, living outside of its boundaries. Even if it's just for a second, even if it's just for five minutes, or just for, you know, he's doing something he's not supposed to be able to do. That's what God intended. But what happens is the enemy will come against us and he'll use that, you know, what do I do now? And that fear starts to come. That trouble, your heart starts to getting troubled. But there's a place. There's a place where you can go to him and you'll remember. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. What my heavenly father started in my life, what the power, the, what he promised, he is also, I am fully persuaded. That's what the place is all about. I am fully persuaded What he started, he's also able to finish. So the next time you feel like there's no hope, the next time you start to feel like, that happens to me all the time. It's got to happen to you too. I can't be the only weird one up here. But sometimes you believe in God, but you're just not sure how he's going to do it because you know, "I I don't see any resolution to this. I don't see how I can get this done. You know what? I don't know if this works for you. God never wants to do it my way, ever. I can think of all kinds of things, man. I can do this. I can do that. I could work harder. I could work longer. I could work for more people to to solve my money issues, you know, or to solve, you know, I could do all these different things. It's never the God's never agrees ever, because I always pray to Him. Now, I mean, I don't ever just do anything without Him. I'll pray, and then He says, "Nope." Not going to happen. That's a distraction, Greg. That's the last thing you told me. There was something. I had an idea. I had an idea. I'm going to, it's really going to help my family, you know? And I said, what do you think, God? Nope. It's a distraction. Oh, stink. You never want to do what I want to (laughs) do. But there's a place. You have to understand your design. You see, we're hybrids. We're human beings. In Him. We live and move and have our being. The part of us that operates by the Holy Spirit. You know, all of God's word is important, but when he repeats something twice, that's like saying, listen up. All the word is important, but what I'm getting ready to tell you right now, I'm drawn to you people or something. Why do I keep coming to you? You must be really cool. You know, I'm sorry. I'm going to work over here some. Uh, it's really, really important. He says, now listen up. This is really, really important for you to know. Amen, amen, truly, truly. But only in a few places of the Bible does he say things three times in a row. And when he says something three times in a row, that means you people are so fuzzy right now. Oh, there you go. You're much better now. Uh, when he says three times, three things in a row, it means it's critical. It's absolutely critical that you understand this. Genesis. One twenty-seven. the Bible says God so created, uh, uh, the Bible says God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created he, him. Male and female, he created them. Image is a really cool word. It can mean a lot of different things, but in this particular passage, Salem means shadow. God casts, I haven't come over and talked to you guys yet. Does everybody know the news? Oh, congratulations. Uh, Shadow. God casts his light on you. And you cast his shadow. The image of God. You know what it reminds me of? People in Jerusalem lining up like it's, uh, they're fixed to watch a parade. They're all sitting, and if they can, standing all along the side of the street, waiting, hoping, believing, and there he is. Matter of fact, it says that uh, in another scripture, just, it wasn't just Peter, there was other disciples that could do it too, and that was encouraging to me. But Peter walks down the street, That's why the people are there. Because what they found, probably just by accident, maybe even Peter himself, the anointing was so strong on Peter, is that his very shadow healed the sick. We're his shadow. We're his shadow. It was so important. He had to say, just like holy, holy, holy. God is so holy. He wants to hear our prayers, even though he already knows our concerns. God is so holy. He's not just holy. He's holy, holy God. He is so holy that he doesn't want to just hear our prayers, hear our concerns, hear our fears. He wants to heal them. But that's not enough. He says, I am holy, holy, holy. Not only does he want to hear our concerns. Hi, my friend, Kathy. Doing a good job. Thanks, sweetie. Uh, Not only does he want to hear our concerns, not only does he want to heal our concerns, he wants to make you a healer of the exact same things. We haven't just been healed. We haven't just been heard. Now that anointing that falls upon us, our shadow passes, and it comes in contact with all these people at work at play, at the church, and it makes contact with other human beings. And every single one of us was designed this way from the very beginning. We were his image. Every single man, woman, and child, no one was left out in this story. No one. But there has to be something missing, at least for me. Sometimes it seems like the lotto you know, sometimes I see God moving in my life. I see God healing things in my life, but not everything. Jesus never missed his place, missed his time in the place. Every single night, he's always sneaking off, you know. It's so funny when it says the disciples followed him. One, You know, in one uh, passage it says, we follow, he's, he doesn't see us, let's go, you know. His father, like he doesn't know, you know. And another place it says that Jesus kind of invited him along, you know. And they're probably both right. They're just told a little bit differently. Jesus could do without food. He could do without friends. The only thing he couldn't deal without was being in his place with his heavenly father. Amen. Believe in God. You have to understand your design. But then he said, you, he said, you believe in God. See, it's one thing for pastor. I mean, don't you, I mean, I love my pastor. You know, I know there's some things that I know, but I also know there's things that I don't know that I've greatly benefited from having the pastor that I have. I also know I've greatly benefited from you guys being my church family. I don't know how people do it. Every time I go to a little, when I used to travel all the time for my work, the first thing I had to do is go find a family, you know, and uh, adopt them, take them to dinner. They're like, who is that guy? You know, but I have to have a church family. I don't know how people do it without it. And I don't think they're doing very well without it. But we're his shadow. We can reach them. We can touch them. Not with us, but with him. Yeah. You believe in Jesus. It's not just enough for Pastor to tell you about it. Believe. I never got around to this. This is believe. A lot of times the word is used for a mother nursing her child. But what it basically means is we're not trying harder, we're receiving more. You're taking something really, really good, really, really wonderful, and put it inside yourself. Because now it's it's blessing my heart, it's blessing my bones, it's blessing my muscles. It's blessing everything inside of me. The Bible says the word became flesh and dwelled among us. It can't just be around us. It has to be in us, blessing every single part of our body, every single part of our lives. And that's what happened. That's what happens. I am the least famous of the Harrisons. Nobody knows me. They know my kids. They know my wife. And one day when I kept traveling, I showed up. And I'm like, who's that? And what's he doing sitting with Laura? I thought she was married, you know. (laughs) But there's the place. Every night, once he could see three stars in the sky, even Jesus had to have his place. And the Father would so bless him. Remember what they saw? Moses talking in one ear of Jesus. And um, Elijah talking in the other one. How many of you businessmen would like to have the spirit of Elijah, I mean, spirit of uh, Solomon talking in one of your ears? How many of you parents would like to have the spirit of Mary or Joseph talking in your ear? It's in the place. We should never, ever Ever miss our place you believe in Jesus so when they had died uh, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter you know isn't it funny how Jesus goes back and forth from calling him Peter to Simon Peter now I know there's another Simon uh, in the discipleship crew but uh, it's like he knows and he lets Peter know Peter yes you're a rock but sometimes you're a Simon Sometimes you're shifting with every breeze that's blowing. And sometimes you're that rock. And every now and then it's like slaps him back into reality. He calls him Simon, you know. Wouldn't you like to know what God's name for you is? I really want to know. That would be way, way cool. At least I hope it would be. Uh, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Joseph, do you love me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love you. He saith unto him again, feed my sheep. He saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you really love me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him a third time, I love you, Lord. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love you. Jesus Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Because of our design, remember, it's critical. Your design, how God made you. And your shadow, he casts his light upon you, and you cast his shadow. Just as important is why we have to reach those people. They belong all over this place. All over here. It's critical. Because he made your design, and because everybody needs Jesus, everybody needs the Holy Spirit, everybody needs our Heavenly Father, everybody needs their place. And really, it's not that hard. I just try to be friendly, you know. I just try to let them get to know me. You know, remember Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well? First he made her comfortable with him, and then he got her comfortable with the gospel. And then for most people, one woman that everybody else despised. Jesus should have been talking to 50,000 people a day. But the Heavenly Father, because Jesus never did anything that he wasn't told to do, he only said what God told him to say, and he only did what God told him to do. He climbs up a mountain in the middle of the day when nobody else goes up that mountain to draw water in the middle of the day for one woman. She needs us, son. And she was so amazed that this guy would even talk to her, a Samaritan woman. It's easy, he says. If you'll be faithful in the little things, are you a friendly person? Maybe, maybe not. Can you reach out to people in other ways? Help them with their car. I got to push a Muslim lady's car out of the road the other day. Oh, that's what? Oh, I can't do it. I can't tell you the story. It's really, really funny. (laughs) What time do we get out? Pardon me? Huh? Okay, we got, is it 8 o'clock? Is when we get out? 8.15. I'm uh, driving in Arlington. And there's uh, Cooper Street in Arlington. is just a nightmare at, in rush hour. And so, anyway, it was about 6 o'clock or so. And I thought, what in the world is going on up there? My lane is going really, really slow. And everybody's moving around this car that had broke down. So, anyway, I... uh. uh Pull up alongside her and and look and uh, see that this this poor woman, uh, you know, she was a Muslim because of all the clothing she was wearing, all the gear that she was wearing. And so, anyway, and I'm thinking, why is not anybody stopping to help this lady? Well, the same reason I don't want to stop and help her. I'm ready to go home, you know. But there is hundreds of cars, hundreds of cars going by, paying her no attention whatsoever, so anyway, Jesus tells me, you need to help this gal. So anyway, I pull around, and by the time I get to her, I park my car in a parking lot nearby, and by the time I come around, I, uh, uh, a police car had already pulled up and was, you know, help keeping her safe, uh, blocking traffic from getting too close. And so anyway, she says, well, are you married to this gal? I said, oh, no. I said, I'm just here to help. And so anyway... Uh, we uh, decide we're going to push the car. Actually, we don't decide. You know, I've got a gift. Women don't listen to me. I thought it was just my wife, but the police woman, the woman I stopped to help, none of them listen to me. I get it's a gift. Um, but anyway, I thought let's just let it roll downhill. I'll even drive it. And anyway, everybody was uncomfortable with that. We're going to push it up the hill and then around into the parking lot. Okay. So anyway, uh, she's not comfortable with driving the car, and so uh, I said, "Well, I'll drive it." You know, if you guys want to push, I mean, I'll I'll drive it. And the police woman wasn't good to have it. So anyway, so anyway, I uh, get in the car, and uh, they start to push, and she's got this really what I guess is probably Muslim worship music going. On. Like, ah, this is pretty kind of you know it's kind of cool. You know, I hope it's not saying anything you know terrible about Christians, but it's. You know, it's really pretty good. And I really am. I'm, I'm uh, They're pushing, and I'm driving, and we eventually we get to a, a hill where I can just let it coast down the hill. And so anyway, and you ever have a feeling somebody's watching you? I turn around, and there's our kids. I just kind of take it in stride. Hey, kids, great music, huh? You know? And I pull it into the car, I pull it into the parking lot, and all's well. The police officer, whoever else is going to come to help her, you know. Everybody needs a touch from God. Everybody needs us, our shadow that's being cast from God's light upon them. Evangelism comes in a lot of different ways. I told her uh, she, was so, she was so sweet, and she was just so, I am so thankful. I'm so grateful. I don't know how long it would have been before somebody would have stopped and helped. But anyway, God figured it was my job. That's why everybody was going by, Greg, I'm going to give you an opportunity here, you know. And so anyway, who leaves their kids in a stranger driving their car, uh, driving off in your car? <laughs> it's critical that we reach out in whatever way that we can. In my father's house are many mansions, rooms. They're called actually in Hebrew, Rabbas. But in as much as, uh, let's see, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wedding day parable is basically what it is. Jesus never missed a day in the place the father had prepared for him. He would always be sneaking off every evening. Once he could sit through, see three stars in the sky, for the Jews, that was the start of a new day. I find it interesting that he would always walk off into the darkness to find the light. One day, we and his uh, we and the disciples get to sneak peek at his Rabbath time. Elijah and Moses were speaking into the ears of the Messiah, perhaps preparing him for the trouble that lies ahead maybe encouraging him for the job that he has already done and anointing him for his final victory. I wonder who is waiting for me and you on our next visit into the place. I go to prepare a place for you. He has a reboth for everyone who loves him, who wants to see him in a way that they've never seen him before. That's what's so cool. You know, when you look at a scripture and you've seen that same scripture a hundred times, but now it's a, it was right where it needed to be, right when you needed it to be there. And you see it in a way that you know. That's the way God has a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand sides to himself. That's why... Corporal body is so important. You've seen God in ways that I've never seen, and I need to know what you saw. Every single one of us, he's prepared a place for you, and he's prepared a word for you. He's prepared a healing for you. He's prepared a message for you, and all those things like I just talked about, holy, holy, holy. He says, I'm perfect. You can be perfect, but not in and of yourself. What you get in that place, that place that changes you. I don't care if you call it a war room. I don't care if you call it a closet. A closet in their day was simply a prayer shawl that was pulled up over their head. And they would pray. Know him in a way that we have never seen him before. I'm really not a believer in extraordinary people. But I do believe in an all powerful God who can do extraordinary things in and through anyone. Because that is how we are designed to operate. In Jesus' last words on the cross, he said, It is finished, the debt is paid. If you were in debtor's prison, you had no way out. You couldn't work your way out. You couldn't talk your way out. Somebody else had to pay your bill. That's the only way out. That's what he was talking about when he says it is finished. Your debt is paid. Be free. But it's the only free gift that will cost you absolutely everything. I think that that's what scares people the most. I think even people that haven't come to know him yet, it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me some sort of commitment. It's going to cost me something. I feel like I'm going to have to give up something. Not for what you gain. Not compared to what you gain. I just... People will ask me, I was going to say this, people ask me all the time, how did your kids turn out so good? It took a while. But I really do, I think it's grace. I really thought by this time in my life, I would be a rich man. And guess what? I am. I'm rich in grace. I'm rich in family. I'm rich in love. I'm rich with a heavenly father and the father's son that so desperately loves me. He'd come and get me. He would leave the 99 and come and get me to bring me back into the fold. Heavenly father right now, I don't know what troubles they face, but I know all of us face them. The heavenly father right now in the name of Jesus, because of our design, because of your word Jesus because of your blood because of the access that Jesus has given us we will never be troubled again we will not allow we're going this is what I want you to do I want you to listen for just a second and if you haven't been in a habit or you've fallen out of the habit of uh finding a place it's not for multitasking It's not for your kids to spend time with. It's not for anything else. Jesus would go alone. And then he would let his disciples watch that one time. What time works best for you? What time is it that you have that you can spend time alone with Jesus? With the Father? With the Holy Spirit? It needs to be a habit. Man, I, I remember the very first time I was getting ready to teach a uh, Sunday school class in prayer and so uh, I need to learn how to pray myself if I'm going to teach a class the very first time I read a book on praying the Lord's Prayer and the book was called uh, Can You Not Tarry One Hour so I had set myself to pray a full hour And all I was going to do is concentrate on the Lord's Prayer. What's it like for your Father, my Father which art in heaven, what's it like for your Father to be the creator of the universe and owns everything in it? What's it like to have such a holy, holy God that would pay attention to my need? thy kingdom come what's it like to be part of a kingdom the most powerful kingdom ever known in the history of mankind what's it like to have your will be done in my life and through my life see that's the only way the will really gets done is when his kingdom comes so right now ask him what is the time where you're going to spend with him alone in the place? He wants to talk to you. He wants to share you things, share with you things that he maybe have not shared with anybody else because he wants you to share it. He wants you to change your corner of the world with something that he's shared with you. I am so happy to have you as my family. I am so grateful that we get to spend an eternity together to really get to know each other. An eternity is a long time. But I'm so hopeful that as these days go by and God fills our heart for the lost people that don't know him. And don't, that we'll never get to know unless our shadow from his light is cast by us. So Lord, give us boldness. Give us peace. Give us wholeness. Give us health. Give us every single good gift that comes from heaven. Not just for us, but so that we have it to share. In Jesus' name, amen. I close. If anyone would like prayer, please, if if there's any of you people that are prayers, 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 if any of you guys are prayers, if you want to come up and just hang out for a little bit, if anybody would like prayer about anything, or if you'd like to stand in the gap that you've been trying for somebody that you've been trying to reach, if you want us to pray with them about that, if you don't really know the Jesus that we've been talking about, come on up and let's seal the deal. Amen. All right. I really, really love you. I really count you as my family. I always have and I always will. Amen. Love you guys.